Live from Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics. Feature occasional injections of rumor and innuendo all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Bernie Sanders supporter Derek Addis, Philip Beverly from the University of Illinois, Republican Jeff Holm, and Trump nationalist Jennifer Nevins. Our program tonight coming to you from our base at the National Radio Hall of Fame in Chicago in the Paul and Angel Harvey Radio Studio. Nice to have you with us. We do appreciate you joining us. We've got a full two hours. Lots to talk about, obviously. Uh, the big news last week is the president has been impeached. The articles of impeachment finally have been walked over uh, by the House to the Senate. And the Senate trial against the president of the United States begins on Tuesday of this week. And one year ago, one year from now, tomorrow actually, uh, we will be having a second inauguration. And will it be a second inauguration for Donald Trump? Or will it be a first one for someone else? So again, we got a year. We got a year to go. But again, two week, uh, forty-eight hours. Uh, the impeachment starts. Uh, Derek Addis, let me start with you. Um, one of the big debates in the Senate right now is whether or not there are going to be witnesses or not. Uh, the Republicans are saying that that they everyone should rely on the case that was brought over by the House. Do you think the case brought over by the House is strong enough that they could win their case without witnesses? Yeah, so what I'm hearing uh, that, like Dershowitz and these cats, that what they're going to try to, what they're running on is the fact that uh, they're not saying what was done was wrong. What they're saying was the case that was made, that was brought over by the House, aren't um, impeachable offenses. They're saying, like, that's not covered under uh, high crimes and misdemeanors, uh, what they're saying, abuse of power mm -hmm. and the obstruction of justice. So uh, I don't know how that's all going to turn out. Um, the question that I do have, though, and this is a legitimate question, is... I'm I would like to have witnesses and I would like to hear um, also like the Republicans. They're like, well, we want to call and, and Hunter Biden. Great. I want to unveil all that corruption as well. I just don't know how that fits into this trial. Like, wouldn't that be a separate trial looking in, into that corruption? Like, you know, what I mean, Jennifer Evans joins us. She's our pro uh, Trump uh, nationalist. Uh, what about witnesses? Should the should the public demand witnesses through their senators? Um, I think that uh, Trump supporters are going to take their cue from what Trump wants. And frankly, I think he wants a fight. You can see that by the legal team that is going to be representing him, everyone from Dershowitz uh, to Jay Sekulow to Ken Starr. And I think they've assembled that team in anticipation of witnesses. I think that that's the direction they're going. I know Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell and other people don't want it to go that way. They want to put this whole thing behind them. I think the horse is out of the barn. I don't think anybody needs to demand witnesses. I think we're going to get them. And I think that uh, Trump kind of really wants that fight. And I think when he makes something into a media spectacle, he usually wins. And so if we're going to have witnesses, the Democrats will call their witnesses, the Republicans will have theirs, and we'll take it to the mat. And I think in the end it will benefit Trump. Phil Beverly, uh, do you believe there should be witnesses? You know, it's it's really interesting because apparently some of the witnesses that they want to call were, um, like a John Bolton, for example, are were kept <clears throat> from testifying and it ended up in being a legal battle. And part of the, if I understand the second article right, the obstruction of Congress, it seems like the Republicans wouldn't want witnesses because that could like solidify the case on the second article that they were willfully obstructionist. So uh, I don't know, given that the case well, is depend, already depending done. On what, depending on what they say. 
I mean, obviously, the witnesses that they're talking about are not, uh, they did not testify before the House, and now uh, some Democrats want them to be, uh, they want to call them in. In fact, let's take a look at some of the, uh, the, the Democratic witnesses. The, these are the witnesses that the Democrats want to be, and you mentioned John Bolton. John Bolton is the big one uh, because he was fired by the president. He may be a little disgruntled. He may be a, kind of a loose cannon. I don't know. I don't think I'd be comfortable in having John Bolton testify because I wouldn't know exactly what he was going to say. Uh, Nick Mulvaney, who is the chief of staff, uh, he's a key cog in a lot of these discussions. The other two are, 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 less, uh, are lesser figures. But again, the Democrats are saying, uh, or the Republicans are saying, hey, if you're going to bring these four people to the Democrats, if you're bringing these four people in, we want to bring some people in. Mm-hmm. And Rand Paul wants to bring in the whistleblower. And they've talked about bringing in Hunter Biden. Is Hunter Biden relevant to this part of the story, in your view, uh, uh, Jeff? Um, I think he is. Uh, I, you know, I, I have different. I've mixed thoughts on impeachment um, and the 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 witnesses um, because it makes very little sense to me why Nancy Pelosi thought she was having some big strategic idea by withholding the the articles. Um, and actually, what I've what I've started to come around to is the idea that um, Nancy withheld the articles uh, to um, keep uh, Warren. And um, uh, the other senators off the campaign, so, like Sanders, for example, um, whereas people like Buttigieg, Biden, um, they would have free run of Iowa and New Hampshire leading up to the primaries. And, and what that would do is that if Biden is the nominee, it is a much higher likelihood that she actually retains the speakerhood. Um, even if uh, Trump goes on to be elected, whereas if Warren or Biden are the presidential nominees for the Democrats, uh, her her speakership is in jeopardy. So you you think she's go- you're 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 going deep into the conspiracy of what's in her cons- mind? It's not necessarily well, conspiracy, her, her Machiavellian right? that's thinking. The, that's the only way that it makes sense, right? Because she had zero leverage and thought that she could. How withhold- about how about that? Uh, the average American was so busy with. Uh, uh, holiday ideas that, again, to have given the uh, articles right away, uh, it would have eaten up a holiday time when nobody was focusing on I it think, anyway. But that I think doesn't nobody- make sense because why would you rush the trial then? If you wanted to delay it till after the holidays, then you could have sewn up these witnesses that they want to put in the Senate right. trial, right? Exactly. They could have waited on that, and we could have been discussing this in, in February or March, but she didn't do it. So that's where I don't think I, that what you're saying. Really I think, fits in. Uh, but how, I want to ask our, our Republicans, how important is it in, in the? Because again, we're, we're also talking about the result of, of this trial as it relates to the campaign. I mean, this this is this is a whole period. The Democrats have a period now where they're really going to beat up on Donald Trump. They're going to bring up everything they possibly can. He's going to be focused. He is. He is impeached. It's not a. That's not a, a badge of mm-hmm. honor, and 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 yet uh, the voters are going to have to vote at some point, but they're going to vote on whether or not there's a perceived, perceived fairness. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm just wondering. I think that there may be a lot of Republicans out there who like the president, but but frankly, they may be like me. I want to know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. I want to know what the truth is. And if there's people out there that can give me the truth the whole truth, and maybe nothing but the truth, I would like to hear from them. 
I, you know, I, that's a lofty ideal and one that we should aspire to, but not the way that impeachment works. Impeachment is a political process, not a judicial one. Um, but, I, voting, and I think, but voting is. Voting is a political process. Absolutely. And if I think, you think someone is, has not been fair, mm-hmm. you won't like that. And I'm, I, I sort of agree with you. If, 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 if everybody was out there, if the, if the Republicans uh, t- took the witnesses and also they came up with their own witnesses... And everybody could cross-examine everybody, and Donald Trump could weigh in, you know, via tweet. I mean, in the court of public opinion, at least I think the public would say they're trying to be fair. Right. Anyway, we got to pause. I want to hear everybody's reaction. I want to get your reaction as well, Phil. 1-800-723-8029 from coast to coast and border to border. I'm Bruce Dumont. Should we allow witnesses? Do you want witnesses in the Senate trial? Yes or no? A new exhibit from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson 5, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cindy Lauper, ZZ Top, Eric Clapton, and more. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago. From bandstand to gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack and we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. Protectpressfreedom.org. Say that. So why are the- my back in Chicago, Phil Beverly? You were uh, spouting okay. throughout the commercial. So why don't you share some of those thoughts with the audience now that they can hear you? So other than the three of us. So having witnesses, I think, is is for me neither here nor there. This is a political process. They're not. As far as I'm concerned, the senators aren't jurors. They've already at least Lindsey Graham and Moscow Mitch have made up their minds about. The, the outcome of this, as have some some Democrats have made some up Democrats? some Democrats. All of them. I've heard Come Joe on. Manchin say he wants to hear <laughs> yeah. witnesses. Okay. Joe right. Okay. Joe Man- so, okay. Joe so, so when, Susan we, Collins. When, we, when we paint with the broad brush that all Democrats this or all Republicans that it's just wrong. And so I invite my Republican friends not to do that. Because all Republicans don't do, and all Democrats don't do some stuff. Well, in this particular case, let, let's t- let's let's look at the Republican senators because it is the Republican senators that are going to decide whether or not they're going to vote with uh, the Democrats. And the, the Republican senators are Lisa Murkowski, who, who's never been much on the team. No. Uh, 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 also, uh, we have Mitt, Mitt Romney, who yep. despises Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. We have Susan Collins of Maine, who rarely is on the Republican team. We have Cory Gardner of Colorado, who is running for re-election. And we have Lamar Alexander, who's in a very safe seat but is a very moderate Republican. So if any of those, if any of those four mm-hmm. get together, uh, they're going to decide whether or not there's going to be uh, witnesses. Mm-hmm. And the question is, do you agree with me, Jennifer, that... Uh, it, that you would you would fear hearing what uh, Bolton John Bolton has to say. I am nervous about what John Bolton has to say because Why? I because I think that John Bolton has a bone to pick, 
And the same, that's the same thing that I would say about Mitt Romney or a cast of other people. Um, so I am nervous about it, not because I necessarily think he's got the goods on Trump, but because what he says, A, is going to be spun and it's going to be taken to its uh, zenith by, by the press and the Democrats. And I'm not, uh, I'm not really trusting John Bolton. And he is, but he's also been quoted as saying mm-hmm. that he thought part of this was a Rudy Giuliani drug deal. What does that mean? Well, he's got a lot of animus. <laughs> well, he and Rudy are in a grudge match, and that makes me uh, nervous as it is. So, so I just, you know. So, but, with, but, with, but, 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 but what I'm saying is there's a lot of stuff that's out there. In fact, let, let's, let's, let's put it under the record right now. Uh, you know, the, the Democrats, uh, you know, dream witness now is this guy, Lev Pernis. Now, Lev Pernis is a, uh, he is a client of Rudy Giuliani's. He appears to be a political hanger-on. He has been uh, charged with uh, campaign finance uh, irregularities mm-hmm. or donations. Mm-hmm. The president said that he doesn't know him, but the president knows a lot of, says he doesn't know a lot of people that he ultimately uh, ends up being indicted. But in the case of this, <laughs> yeah. but, in the, but in this particular case, uh, uh, Pernis has a lot of pictures of him shaking hands with the president at fundraising events, and the president says, you know, I do that a thousand times, and he probably does. But, you know, after the trial or after the, uh, the hearing in the House, here comes Lev Pernis, and he pops up on MSNBC with Rachel Maddow, who's been leading the charge against the president and for impeachment, he shows up on her show, and listen, here are some of the things that he has to say that a lot of people want to know whether he's telling the truth or not. President Trump knew exactly what was going on. Uh, he was aware of all of my movements. Uh, he, I wouldn't do anything without the consent of Rudy Giuliani or the president. Okay. Let me let me ask our Republicans. If if do you want to know more about him? Would you like to see him on trial so he could be cross examined? Hmm? Sure. Uh, maybe. I mean, the the thing is, is that the anybody anybody who the media believes can take down Trump gains instant credibility. Yes. And if this were actually a bombshell that was going to take down the Trump administration, it wouldn't have broken on Maddow's show. Why? Because she was one of the people that tried to make the dossier, which has been completely discredited um, out as being, oh, no, it was corroborated. And she spun for three months this fever dream that the dossier— And why would she not be the perfect person to she's got ratings. spill this story? Yeah. Uh, because her ability—she's blinded by her hatred of Trump. I think it also— She's uh, admired by the, by the media. The media thinks she walks on water. Yeah, but this uh, isn't being tried in the court of the media. This is, you know, public opinion looking at this. And so if someone comes out and goes immediately to the Rachel Maddow show and you're trying to sway public opinion, not media opinion, not liberal opinion or Republican opinion, just the middle, squishy middle or the independent opinion, you don't go on Rachel Maddow and make your case. I, I, it's just it doesn't make any sense. Well, but, but here's my point. Goes on Rachel Maddow, it becomes a national story. Everybody is carrying this story. Even Fox News is carrying this story. I mean, when a guy makes a charge like that, now he may be, you know, he has, he is indicted. So, okay, Mm -hmm. his reputation has been besmirched. Maybe we can't believe him because he's been indicted. But the, and, and which means he may be upset with the president because the president's Justice Department or the U.S. you know the, the Justice Department has indicted him. 
And he might have think that he he might have thought that by working with Rudy Johnny, he, Giuliani, he was going to have some sort of some sort of cover and protection for what he did. He finds out he doesn't have the protection. He's indicted. I would put him in the same category as John Bolton. He may have an axe to grind. Well, I would go but, further than but that. Bruce, you no. need to have some corroborating evidence. Yes. So whatever Bolton says, <laughs> for example, there's got to be some other evidence that says, yeah, what he said is more true than not or is completely false, whatever yeah. it is. And I would say the same thing with, with Parnas, that there needs to be corroboration of what they say. Just because, and I know my friends on both sides of the aisle love to, this belief of I said it so it must be true. Yeah, just because you say it doesn't make it true. Right. That's just some stuff you say. Am I, sure. am I, am I wrong to, to have heard that there was thousands of documents that he turned over? And if I'm not mistaken, it was actually before the House walked over um, – the impeachment articles to the Senate. So I think some of the documents that Parnas turned over are going to be sent over to the Senate for that proceeding as well. Um, so like you were saying, there has to be some uh, evidence that comes along with your accusations. I mean, that's the right thing to do. So I'm very interested to see what these documents are, what is in them, the validity and authenticity of them. So, and, um, but, yeah, sorry, and I would, I would agree with my, my counterparts from the other side of the aisle here that I, I think that if, they can, if the Senate can investigate Right. And find some sort of corroborating evidence that shows that that this guy isn't just making it up so that he can get on MSNBC a la Michael Avenatti, um, then absolutely. Right. But absent that corroborating evidence that can be um, produced by this guy or his associates or whomever, um, I, I just think it's just part of the media circus. Well, so, and you mentioned Avenatti. I mean, we've seen this show before with Avenatti. Now in jail, by the way. We've seen this with Michael Cohen. We've seen this with a variety yeah. of people that said, "I've got the goods." They go and they, they all have an axe to grind. That's right. And we've seen it now. Does that mean that that's what's going on here? Well, I don't know for one hundred percent for sure. I don't know, but we've seen this play out before, and, and it's mistakes, a pattern. And these mistakes and you, all happen in one direction. And if you oh. and if you if you let him testify and you put him under cross-examination, should you do the same thing to the whistleblower? Yes. It's only fair. Let's hear from I, the Democrats. I, uh, so I think part of, you know, like Whistleblower Act and all that stuff, I think part of the reason why someone makes the decision to come forward as a whistleblower under certain circumstances is because their, the safety, their personal safety uh, hinges on their anonymity, not upon what they're saying, right? So we wouldn't need protections for whistleblowers if they weren't necessary. So I, I don't know enough in detail as to the full reasonings why the whistleblower was able to make these uh, assertions under a whistleblower status. But if there is a really good reason why they need to be protected, then they should be able to maintain Actually, their... But is the background, yeah. is the political background of the whistleblower germane to this discussion? If we live in, if we live in a world where everyone has some political yeah. tentacles, yeah. and this guy used to work or, or, or has, has worked with, with uh, uh, Joe Biden in the past yeah. uh, when he was the vice president of the United States, yeah. is he suspect? Well, he's definitely he suspect because he is a Democrat. Well, he's, it's definitely it's definitely okay to be suspicious of why this person decided yes. to come up with these things, and that's where like investigations are very important and and nonpartisan investigations. Sure. So you can be a, uh, a one on one side of the aisle and you make an accusation. Now, if we find out that the ac- accusation was made only because you had a bone to pick with the party you're right. accusing, that's use- that's, that's, that's important. Wrong. But that's the important House wouldn't to, to let discover. us discover yeah. that. And, and two points on the whistleblower. Once in a, it's meant to protect a whistleblower. 
from the uh, but when the onset of the investigation happens, the whistleblower does not have those protections anymore because it's been brought out right. into the light. Especially so, when they're when they're writing anonymous op eds. Absolutely, in the New York Times. and and we already heard from Schiff that we were supposed to hear from the whistleblower because the idea was is when we open this investigation, yes, now this person can come out from the shadows. They are no longer a target, but somehow it doesn't work that way, and it's, it's patently unfair. I want to take a call from Don in Austin, Texas, listening to us on KLBJ. Don, go ahead. Hey guys. So I just want to mention that I would like to see the Senate trial be kind of a mirror of the House uh, investigation, except with the sides reversed. So the Democrats would get nothing. They'd be cut off at the knees. And, of course, the Republicans would get anything they want. And then the second part. Don, let me, uh, Don, let me ask you just one question. There's a lot sure. of people listening to this program and, and out there in the body politic. They're, they're dyed-in-the-wool Democrats. They're dyed-in-the-wool Republicans. And they probably would agree with you even though on the, they, they'd agree on the other side if they were Democrats. My question is this. Beyond those people that are locked into a Republican or Democratic candidate, there's also a group of people that will vote, and, and, and they will determine most likely they're independent, they are the people that most likely will determine who the next president of the United States is. So if, if, you, if you come down hard with a Republican club or a Democratic club, I think you're turning a lot of voters off who really want to know the truth and frankly want to just say, you know, the, the partisans be damned. Let's find out what really happened here. So they do want fairness. They'll want, they'll want fairness. You, you want to talk about... What you're gonna, go, go ahead. What you're going to find out is that Trump didn't do anything... Uh, you guys going to break? We are going to <laughs> yes. My guy. He's, 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 better, he's better with the music Very than we job, are. Don. But you know what, Don? Stay on the line. Uh, Andrew, keep him on the line. We'll bring him back after the break. I'm Bruce Dumont back shortly. You going on break? The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e-verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require e-verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA, because numbers count. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives like physical therapy to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. Stumont back in Chicago. Thanks very much for joining us. Don in Austin, Texas. Don, are you still with us? I am still here. Okay, uh, repeat your question for those that are just tuning in. Well, I made a statement suggesting that the Republicans should treat the Democrats exactly like the Democrats treated the Republicans. Okay, and I said that, and I said I didn't think that was a good idea because it turns off too many people. What's your reaction to my answer? Well, so here's the problem with saying that we want to find out what happened, is that we know what happened. We saw the transcript. And the thing is that no matter how many people you bring out and ask questions and 
to find out what happened. The Democrats are always going to have another person yep. waiting in the wings that, oh, boy, we got to hear from. I mean, what happened during the Kavanaugh hearing? Yes, absolutely. Everything was said and done, and then boom, oh, one more person. That's exactly what this Parnes guy is. He's yep. the, what was his name, Ballsy Ford? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. After, yeah. After after the door was closed, uh, names pop up. Right. Yeah, oh, listen. So and you got to take control. Make the case that the Democrats made their case already. We already know what happened. There is no question about the transcript. Decide it on the merits and be done with it. Okay. Listen. I thank you for your call, Don. Thank Let's you. go to Tom and. Uh, listening in Youngstown, Pennsylvania, out of WPIC in Sharon, Pennsylvania. Go ahead. Good evening, Bruce, your guest. Uh, you, you know, first of all, Bruce, I think that uh, as far as witnesses are concerned and the uh, 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 whistleblower, you go back to the Kavanaugh situation, and the, whistle, the whistleblower the, the, uh, was completely discredited, so they have to come forth. And the same with uh, the ambassador uh, who uh, didn't hear anything. He just... Uh, Made assumptions. Yes, and that was blown out of the water. So, uh, so I, I think that that's important. But the other part of it is, this whole impeachment for for what he Trump is being impeached for. If Barack Obama was not impeached for the Southern invasion, with which brought in a, a load of MS-13 people, if he wasn't impeached for uh, Fast and Furious, where uh, El Chapo had uh, drug uh, guns, uh, guns that that he was uh, when he was uh, captured. I had they were part of that uh, fast and furious. If, he, if Obama was not impeached for giving Iran, who has called us uh, the great Satan for uh, 40 years, has been an enemy, uh, the uh, means of creating the atomic bomb and the money to do so okay. when uh, Ethel and <clears throat> Julius Rosenberg were. All right, Tom. Uh, Tom, you've you 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 you've made your point that the, <laughs> that you you believe. Uh, there is there's a double standard here, and you do not think that the president uh, should be impeached. I'm going to go around the table and, and ask everyone to uh, give me your opinion. Based on what you know about this case, do you think that what the president did was wrong? Not, not illegal. Do you think it was wrong? Let me start with you, Jeff. So I would agree with the two callers that the Kavanaugh hearings are incredibly important uh, lens through which to view this because uh, Collins, uh, Susan Collins. But it doesn't answer my question. Uh, I want to focus. You know, okay. you're really, you're, I was you're, getting, you're, I was getting you're, there. You're like a politician now. You're not <laughs> answering the question. Okay. These are simple question, simple answer. Sure. Do you think the president did wrong, period? I think that based on what we've seen from the transcript, it's one of those things where it's like, eh, was that a good idea? Probably not. Is it something that rises to the level of we need to remove him from office? Absolutely not, because okay, anybody would get removed from office under same those answer. same uh, terms. Um, is it the same answer? I would say probably the same answer, although I really don't have a problem with him saying, um, do me a favor, will you look into this? I don't have a problem with it. Do I think it was smart or wise? No. So it's pretty much the same answer yeah. to you, but I would just give Trump a little more of the benefit of the doubt, which is my... Derek, what about it? Uh, I do not want my elect or our elected officials to withhold appropriated aid to another country in uh, return for them uh, inserting themselves into our election process because that's what he was asking for. So if it was something separate, if it's his personal dealings with his Trump Towers and he wants to make a deal with Ukrainian officials and it's out of the realm of our political structure, 
fine. Do your thing. Do fine. Your... That would be worse. Uh, well, what I'm saying it's is It's only like, violating that, that emoluments be, clause. That, that what would, I'm saying is... What, what, you, what you've what just I'm said saying, is okay is worse than what he's been charged with. What I'm with. saying is right now you're asking in the context of him being the president of the United States. I think it's wrong for him to do that. It's wrong in both instances. But in this context, I'm trying to stay in this frame... It's. I don't think it's right. No, it's wrong for him to have done that. Phil, are we just talking about Ukraine, or are we talking about Article Two as well? No, we're no, we're just talking. We're talking about the 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 the, the allegations that the president called the, the the president of Ukraine and said, "I want you to do me a favor." And a, what, what he asked for, he, he asked for uh, help in this information. Why not an announcement? Do you think that was wrong? Yes. Okay. Wait, so why? Is, wait. I'd, so hold I'd, on. I'd like to hear about Article Two, though. Article two is about obstruction. I no, I understand. I and just so wanted to hear your opinion on that's it. That's the to me, that's more important. Okay. To me, the impeachment is more important because the the House has to has to grow a set essentially and stand up and assert their right as a co equal branch. If they want to submit Which they have. to exactly. So for me, I'm not worried about the outcome because Mitch has already told me what the outcome is, so I'm and I'm good with that. Okay, I'm good with a democracy where the majority decides things. Okay. so you don't get to complain when the Democratic majority in the House impeaches a guy, and you don't get to complain when the Republican majority acquits him. That's so, how our thing works. Okay, so what, what I'm, I'm so conflicted you, right no, now. <laughs> what I'm hearing you say is the founding fathers, they would be pleased with the way this is unfolding. The way it's unfolding procedurally, I yes. think they would be pleased with. I think, I think they would. I think they would be displeased with the behavior that got us here. Yeah. Okay. I, I'd agree I, with that. I would, I would agree with that. I would, yeah, I would I think suggest all, that yeah. that would be on the Democrat side, not no, see, on the Republican I, side. See, I, no, but do you agree? Yeah. To, to, does everybody agree with what Phil just said? That the founding yeah. fathers, they had this thing figured out. Well, I think the, they had the, a, ho- yeah. the House makes their case. The Senate then... Votes up or down, whether the whether the president mm-hmm. is guilty or not, and if he's guilty, he's thrown out of office. And oh, by the way, in uh, in ten months we have this thing called an election. Well, yeah. Bruce, the, would, and the people will have... ultimately vote, and they will either yeah. they will either reward the senators who voted their way, the way they wanted them to vote, or they're going to kick them out. That's the way the country is. Well, I would agree with that. But the one thing I would say to that is I don't think the Founding Fathers would have wanted this to be a one-sided partisan process. In other words, when we had the other impeachments happen, there were people who crossed over the aisle to vote for that impeachment. But we we know 20 years later that bipartisanship is dead in D.C., it is so an can we stop talking about this, this fantasy that we're going to have bipartisanship? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So we, do have, we do have bipartisanship. I just mentioned five members of the United States Senate that may may vote for witnesses. That's bipartisan. Right, but we're, in the we're House, overlooking like what I'm saying, though, the but to bring the articles of impeachment was purely a partisan Exercise that was not something that was bipartisan. It's not against, so, but that's not against the Constitution. I didn't say it was against. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I didn't not, say it was I'm against. not. I'm not saying the 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 founding fathers. They may not have preferred that, right. but I don't think they would have cared so much. I think that that's the way it is. I think that uh, actually, you want to make a really really wonky argument. Um, the founding fathers would have been against the Seventeenth Amendment, which is the direct election of senators, um, and that's created this whole kind of populism uh, that has created all sorts of problems with with uh, national politics. Uh, and, and actually, um, bipartisan uh, – you want to go back to bipartisanship. There was a Democrat 
who left the Democrat Party over impeachment. Yes. So there actually is bipartisan opposition. We don't hear, we don't hear about that. And there was three other people that didn't yes. vote for too, but we don't hear about and that. one that voted present. So. But you did hear about it. And I did no. hear about it. <laughs> so about we did it. hear about it. We heard about it, but it wasn't it was something that, that the media talked about. I think my biggest problem with this, you, you mentioned Article 2, and that is the obstruction uh, of charge. Congress, yeah. You know, Obama's administration nine times forbade people in his administration from testifying to Congress. We had it with Solyndra. We had it with that party crashers thing with the secretary. Obama's secretary was forbidden to testify when those two people crashed his oh, fundraisers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember those, those two So individuals? executive privilege In- influencers. is important. It is, but then we have Democrats right now acting like it's not, and they've oh. got him on an obstruction rap for, get, for, for forbidding people that worked in the administration from testifying. But testify. he didn't Forget assert executive though. privilege in those. No, he not didn't. A, not in the House. No, he didn't. Okay. Get the facts here. He didn't exert executive privilege. So what did he assert? So why didn't he? He didn't do anything. He they just didn't. De- they never. But they never that they took that to the court. They never they did took take that it to court. And the court now did the, not rule on that about because they went through the case. You know, they the never. Court, the Democrats did not want to see this through the courts. The they Demo- they oh. pushed it through. They Don't you think there's there's, there's they truth not. to that though? That I mean, they they, they, one of the reasons why they wanted to keep it on a fast pace, Phil was they did not want the issue of executive privilege to go through the court because it would have taken months or maybe even a year to figure it out. I mean, isn't isn't that true? But that's not about the executive privilege. That's about the speed of the judicial process. So are you worried about losing so the case, was, no, or are you was, worried about it was based, up It was the, based on whether certain people would, test, would, would, go, would testify before. So the, people, the people that did testify, they testified willingly. And there were other people that, that chose not to testify. They were not held in contempt. Some people were not to testify, right? But they were not held in contempt of Congress. Unlike Eric Holder. Were they? They were not held in no, contempt. There was a- the people that wanted to show up showed up, and they testified. And the people that chose not to show up, they no didn't show up. Yeah. They didn't want to push it through the courts. It would so- tie it up. It would take too long. And they might not like the outcome. So one of the reasons it's less about the outcome than how long it would take. I think that the the, the, what was the, the case rush? law is is in the Democrats' favor. The case law is in their favor. The timeline is not in their favor. And then and so, so what do you you roll the dice and you go, uh, we'll get the outcome, but it'll be too late. Uh, we'll just go with what and we, we got. were told that this we needed have, to happen and we really needed to yes, do it. it and then rushed. Pelosi sat on the articles for weeks. Yeah. She's she's undoing her own argument. Yep. Well, she's still the Speaker of the House. Uh, 1-800-723-8289. We've got callers on the line. We will bring them into our constitutional discussion in just a moment. A new exhibit from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson 5, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cindy Lauper, ZZ Top, Eric Clapton, and more. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago. From bandstand to gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack, and we must work to protect it. 
Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Let's go to Wayne. He's uh, watching us on uh, Facebook in South Bend, Indiana. Go ahead, Wayne. Yes, I am. And uh, my, my, my friend Ed always uh, reminds me, hey, tune in. Bruce is on tonight. Terrific. You know? so I always tune in. And he, he lives in Chicago, and I live in South Bend. So, what, uh, Tell I, us about uh, what is your assessment of your former mayor? Or well, I, 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 well, I tell you, you know, I, 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 I met Peter and, and he came over. We were at actually a restaurant in Terre Haute. And, and kudos to your uh, crew tonight, by the way. Uh, Thank you. Your, your round table, they're all doing a great job. But, uh, yeah, we, we were uh, at, at a restaurant, in, in, actually a Ponderosa in Terre Haute. And I talked to him and he came over and he talked to my grandson and I. And uh, um, I just I just wanted to know what, what you guys th- what you think uh, about where Peter might stand on, on this whole impeachment idea. I, I'm actually a, a Trump supporter. I admit that. But I mean, this guy seems like he's got some really good plans with Medicare. And the well, Medicare. he uh, like everyone else. I mean, he, he thinks that. Uh, you know, he, he is fortunate that, that he doesn't have to be in Washington listening uh, to the trial so he can be out there campaigning. But, uh, you know, he thinks that uh, Trump has done things that are impeachable. And uh, I think he's happy with the impeachment and uh, probably would be happy if the president was removed. But that's, that's probably not very likely. I, 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 I actually hope that he's not removed. But, you know, the Democrats have been fighting for that hard. And uh, I, I, I do really like uh uh, uh, Peter uh, Buttigieg, and I, I, I hope that they can all get along. Well, in politics, you're not going to always get along. Wow, but listen, Wayne, too. thank you for your call. Let's go. Let's. Right, thank th- you. Thanks very much. Wayne from South Bend. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, sir. Let's go to David, who's listening on the internet in San Francisco. Oh, thanks, Bruce, and your guests. Uh, I, I was just looking at a Hill article uh, that says that. Uh, Lev Parnas actually worked for uh, Fred Trump, Trump's dad, yes. all the way back into the 1980s. So mm-hmm. Trump, of course, has lied, what, what 16,000 times. Oh, Each okay. one of these lies is a multi-million dollar lie. And, we, don't uh, know, we don't know if either of those things that you've just said is accurate, but go ahead. And, uh, and Le, uh, Lev Parnas's son also worked for the Trump campaign. And so the idea that... We have, we the people, have budgeted an investigation into whether. Oh, and by the way, the Lev Parnas interview that with Rachel uh, uh, Maddow, uh, Lev makes a side comment that not only did uh, Trump try to get uh, the Ukrainian president to create a fake inquiry, but he also tried to get the Polish government to do it. Mm-hmm. So this is there are now multiple uh, impeachment inquiries that need to happen. Trump has taken $400 million of American money, taxpayer money, and then used it for his personal gain. In what and way, he, sir? In what way? What is your source for that statement? Well, the uh, Congressional Budget Office just uh, disclosed that last week. 
four hundred uh, million in personal funds. Why would the budget? No, four hundred million dollars. Yes. of Defense spending. Was defense spending to to the, was supposed to go to the Ukrainian uh, yes. government so that they could defend themselves against yes. an attack by the Russians. Yeah, and it went the there. The Ukrainians have now, at, at last count, I have heard that they've lost sixteen thousand people uh, dead. Uh, and Trump's dilly dallied around with that four hundred million dollars for an extra two and a Dave, half. Dave, we're months. gonna. I'm gonna. I thank you for your call. You're kind of all over the map with uh, yeah. charges oh, that are not substantiated tonight. But uh, I thank you very much. At least you got them on the radio, and I, I challenge some of your your points because I, you know, I, I, you know, when somebody says that he's given, he's, he's lied fourteen thousand times. 16, who, 16, whatever. Who was the person that's been counting that? I, I want to know that. Post. The Washington Post. Mm-hmm. And Wapo the Washington is, Wapo's been, do have a, a they've tracker. got a tracker yeah. on them. Oh, yeah, yeah and, and of course tracker, they would be the accurate, impartial right? trackers that They would be an impartial way. tracker. This is, this is from the... Let me ask you a question. This, 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 I said that I wanted to look forward, but yeah. when, when Hillary Clinton <laughs> and, and uh, Donald Trump ran against each other, did it bother you at all that the Washington Post said that they were going to put over, I believe, over 200 reporters on looking at every single thing that Donald Trump said and did? And they did not make a similar uh, statement about Hillary Clinton. Did that bother you that a newspaper, obviously a newspaper does not have to be fair and balanced. Mm. But again, when one newspaper says that they're going to put over a couple of hundred reporters, if they put a couple of hundred reporters on you, Derek, or anybody at this table, there'd be a lot of stories out there about us and things about that maybe we're not real proud of. I mean, just on the issue of fairness, how do you feel about that, Phil? i got to say, in in politics— I had an ROTC instructor when I was in college. He gave me the three rules of life. Plan ahead, be flexible, and nobody said it was going to be fair. And I've lived by that third one right. since I was 22 years old. Okay. I don't expect fairness in politics. I expect it to be like Chicago. I know I'm being a little parochial here, oh. where politics is a blood sport. And yeah, if you're not, not prepared to bleed or make somebody else bleed, you don't play. The, the problem I have with that is if you're talking about just the Washington Post being offensive to Trump or any other candidate, I wouldn't have a problem with it because that's just the way life is. But when you are disseminating information to people, okay, and you're trying to give information and being a purveyor of information, that's what I have a problem with because it shapes public perception. And what you omit is just as important as what you say. And they know this. It's like Bloomberg uh, not uh, looking at anything that the Democrats Correct. do. They're always only only focused on Trump. I mean that but if you're if you're a journalist, uh, that's wrong. And I, I I think the Washington Post was wrong. I think that Bloomberg is wrong when they say things like that. After being told, we've got to we got to pause. Jeff, you're going to have to stand by, and all your fans are going to have to stand oh. by. Hmm. We're going to break for a few minutes for those listening to us on radio. Uh, we're going to have news. And for those watching us on television and Facebook Live and on YouTube, we'll be back with another full hour of Beyond the Beltway shortly. someone drinks. Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? 
Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e-verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require e-verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA, because numbers... GTG, BRB, OMW, be there in a few. You may think that these kinds of texts are fine because of their length, and you can easily send them at a stoplight. But no, answering one text can take your attention away from the road for five seconds. And traveling at 55 miles an hour, that's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Make good decisions. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Project Yellow Light noise and the ad council chris domine is a husband and a father chris is an athlete chris is even an iron man but 10 years ago chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing basically the doctor said if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis you, you are going to die fortunately chris received a second chance at life made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors, people of every age and ethnicity, because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, welcoming to you to the Beyond the Beltway Network and those listening on WIND in Chicago. This may be of special news to you, but uh, uh, the Illinois State Senate President, John Cullerton, has uh, announced that he will be stepping down. That was several weeks ago, and there was going to be a battle to see who replaces him. And Don Harmon, who is the Democratic Committeeman of Oak Park Township, longtime member of the Illinois State Senate, is now the Senate President-elect of Illinois. So that's a big story for those listening in Illinois and for those listening in Wyoming. It means nothing. And speaking of Wyoming, <laughs> let's go to Josh in Gillette, Wyoming. Where is Gillette, Wyoming, Josh? Uh, Gillette, Wyoming. Gillette, Wyoming. Okay, where is that? Uh, it's by Devil's Tower. Oh, by I've Devil's been there. Tower. Okay. I've been there. What brings you, uh, by the way, you're listening to us on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, so nice to hear from you this evening. Uh, what do you bring to our discussion? Oh, just with all the impeachment 
nonsense, and I only call it nonsense because over the last four years there's been a constant wailing and gnashing of teeth and Russiagate, <coughs> which turned out nothing. And all of a sudden, we have to take this entirely seriously. If there was even a grain of truth with any of this, and there could be, how do we take this seriously as voters? I didn't vote for Donald Trump, but the media has pushed me and people like me to vote for him. And that's really all I have to say. Well, stay on the line for just a second, because I want to get everybody's reaction to not only what you have said, but something that I have had heard, uh, that has been said to me by Republican guests on this program. They did not vote for Donald Trump. And a lot of people that we've had on are Republicans, but they did not vote for Donald Trump uh, in 2016. Uh, they voted for Gary Johnson for the most part. Nobody, no Republican that I know of voted for Hillary, but these are Gary Johnson people. And these are people that if you saw them pop up on the screen, you recognize them. They have all said to me that they're going to vote for Donald Trump this time, including people who have said they detest Donald Trump. They just cannot stand the man. They don't like his personality. They don't like his, the way he demeans people. But they're going to vote for him because of positions and also because of what you have just said. They think that he's been beaten up by day one. Uh, from day one by the national news media. And, and I, 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 I think these are anecdotal stories, but I think there's a lot to be said for people that are sitting home. When I watch these network newscasts and I see the horrendous way in which they treat the president, uh, certainly very unfairly uh, and constantly beating him and badgering him, I also think there's a lot of people out there like you, Josh, uh, in Gillette, Wyoming, that are looking back at their TV sets and say, this guy's getting trashed and I'm going to vote for him now. Well, it's not even the news. It's social media. Yeah. I mean, I'm, my wife and I are college educated. We both voted for Gary Johnson. We're both going to vote for Trump. I mean, Hillary Clinton... She said she was going to take jobs away. She was going to put coal industry in the ground, yep. keep it there. That's the first time I've ever heard a presidential candidate say they were going to take away jobs. Yeah. And well, Joe Biden said are, it last. Joe Biden said it last week. I know. <laughs> you know, even even hard Democrats like my mom, uh, JFK Democrats, she doesn't have a dog in the fight, and she doesn't know who she's going to vote for. She's not going to vote for Trump. I know that, but uh, she might just stay home, and that's the thing Democrats have to be worried about. Their party has been decimated by their own hubris. Phil Beverly, uh, you're a political scientist, so what's your reaction to what Josh has to say? Um, I want to thank Josh for the uh, hubris uh, comment because I think Hillary's candidacy was sort of the height of hubris. Um, believing it was her, her, her turn, as it were. Um, and the party, I don't think, got it. Just like I, I, would, I would compare the, the Democrats in 2016 to the Republicans in 2012. Oh, yeah, we get it. We had this postmortem. We understand why we lost, and we'll do better, and it'll be better next time. And they really didn't because the, the mainstream Republican Party has been sidelined 
by a more populist Republican <clears throat> Party. And I'm wondering if the same is going to happen with Democrats. I don't see that candidate, that sort of complete candidate in the in the field right now. Uh, maybe one will emerge after the, the first few primaries. I would I would actually argue respectfully that F- that it's it's the opposite phenomenon, <clears throat> right? Um, is that that the woke primary is what's doing in the the Democrat Party, right? And and the idea that Twitter is real life, which it's not, um, and that they only need to care t- about what the Twitter sphere says from an issues perspective turns off people like Josh and his mom. Yeah, I have often said as I'm because I, I do watch these Democrat debates, and I sit there and I watch them, and you hear the people in the audience applaud, and the candidates look at themselves and they feel really good, and they get energized right. by that crowd. And then I I think to myself, and the, you have to bring this into the. The general election. This isn't about the primary. And it's amazing. It's the same thing with this impeachment. Okay, This isn't about – right now it's about the primary because it is. Right. It's for their base. But there's something that is beyond the primary, and it's getting completely lost. And people like this caller are not going to forget it. They are going to remember, and we are going to have a general election. And how is this all going to play out for the Democrats? And I would argue, and I think that you would too, Jeff, that this is going to have some consequences that they're not going to like. I would I would say that there's going to be consequences on both sides. I I'm not convinced. I would agree. I'm not convinced that suddenly there's going to be some great Republican uprising to support Donald Trump. I think there are people on on the Republican side who are tired of the guy's shenanigans and his diminishment of the office of the president. And there's Democrats who are tired of having sort of same old Democrats that we always sort of get. And th- I, I think it's which side is going to stay home in greater numbers? Well, I think there's, I think there's a, a large swath of voters <laughs> that I would call Trump skeptical. Um, so, uh, you know, people uh, perhaps like, like Josh, who, who didn't vote for him originally, but he's been better than, than he possibly could have hoped for. Um, I know that I was a Fiorina delegate in, in the 2016 election, and Trump was probably my 12th choice out of 17. Um, but once he was the nominee, I was like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the dice here and see what happens. And he's been better than I could have possibly imagined. The fact that the Dow just went to 29,000. Um, but, but here's it, I, the thing about that is most people don't have any stake in that game. So when we, when we talk about economic— well, hold on. No, okay. What's stake no. in what game? What's well, stake in what game? Most people don't have any form of money— or savings, or any, no, they don't have IRAs, they don't have money in the stock market. So when we look at the economy and we talk about the American economy is doing so based, great. Based on what? Based, based on, on what? literal, people don't even have the $1,000 in the bank account right now. Like most of the country. Our savings rate is Unemployment the lowest rate in the is world. at 3.9%. But again, you're okay. but, but What are wages okay. at? But wages un- have actually grown in, in um, all of the yeah. segments. The stock market is made up of people. Is high, is right. up oh, the stock market is made up of shares oh. of companies. <laughs> yeah, but that's not retirement accounts. But most people don't have that. Right, fifty percent of American households less than fifty percent, less than fifty percent, way less than fifty percent, less do. than fifty percent. And when we're talking about unemployment numbers, the reason why people are are um, rolled into that number, we have this gig economy. So those people that are, you know, they're underemployed. They they look like they have jobs, but they really don't. These aren't good jobs. So it's great to have a low unemployment number. What is the quality of the employment? Do we that hear we that have? argument about the health care? It's not quality health care. People aren't happy about it. They're not quality jobs. Oh. People aren't happy with I them. Thought Come on, real thing. folks. Right. 1-800-723-8289. More calls when we come back. A new exhibit from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson 5, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cindy Lauper, ZZ Top, Eric Clapton, and more. 
Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago. From bandstand to gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack. And we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. We're back on the air. And Jennifer Nevins, you want to make a comment about evangelicals. We were just discussing this during the break. Our breaks usually are are very... Animated. (laughs) Animated. Yeah, they've been pretty calm until this last one. We were talking about the subject of evangelicals and Trump and how evangelicals support him in spite of him paying off a porn star and and, and so on and so forth and how Trump's character is, is so lousy. There's so many misperceptions about this. First of all... You know, Christians themselves and evangelicals, um, I posit that Trump could be an evangelical. People say, what are you talking about? He does X, Y, and Z. Christians are not perfect. They are some of the most flawed individuals. We all have flaws. If people read their Bibles, they will see that God used a jackass in the Bible. God used King David, people who were very, very flawed. Paul was a murderer. Okay, so it's it's a false argument to say that evangelicals cannot support a president who does not act like a choir boy because it doesn't align with scripture and it doesn't align with our personal experience quite frankly so I guess I just want to poke a hole in that because it drives me absolutely crazy when I hear people say how can you support somebody who sins or does x y and z because let we all have to one extent or another been there let's go to Joe in Island Lake Illinois watching on YouTube Hi, there. how are you? Uh, yeah, yes, I'm here, and thank you very much for uh, taking my call. This is my uh, first time on, on here. Very good. Uh, Welcome. Real quick and to the point, <clears throat> three <clears throat> things I know <throat> for sure. One is that President Trump will be acquitted by the, uh, by the Senate. Number two, President Trump will win in a landslide. Number three, Pelosi is going to lose control of the House because it's going to revert back to the Republicans. And this is all just like the socialist plan. Nancy Pelosi took the bait, and she stepped right into that trap. They need her out of the way. All right, let's get reaction from Phil Beverly to any one of the three points you've made. Yeah, I got to disagree with the landslide. This is a president who's never gotten more than 50% popularity in the country. And... If he wins, it, it's much like winning in 2016, close votes in a few states. Yeah, I don't know that there's some uh, socialist plan. Um, I kind of have an <clears throat> idea of why you're saying that. But um, <clears throat> I think that just voters are changing their minds as to who they want to govern them. And I think Nancy Pelosi's uh, run will end naturally as many other elected officials' runs end naturally. Yeah. Uh, I, if, yeah. if there's, what does it mean though? Like, what what, what are you predicting? Well, I don't. Uh, I mean, uh, kind of along his lines. Uh, I'm pretty sure he won't be convicted in the Senate. Um, I don't 
I don't believe he'll be reelected. I believe Bernie Sanders has a legitimate shot to be elected as president. Oh, Jesus. And uh, Jesus may come back when he gets elected. I've heard that say, you know, the, the end of times is coming. That was, uh, that was a very, yeah, very good. I would okay. have to say so, kind of a no, crude uh, comment no, I, I really there. do. I really do. To so, be perfectly honest with you, I definitely want Bernie Sanders to be the Democrat nominee. I do, too. Simple reason, simple reason being is that I want a true argument across America with the American voter to see what a socialist is yeah. and what a true capitalist. Yeah, I, yeah. Don't I agree want with to Joe. See a Democrat. I, I, I'm with, I agree with you I on that, too, Joe. I'd, see, I'd like to I, see that. I don't want to see a, a, a Democrat claiming to be capitalist, yet at the same time, okay, uh, back everything that is socialist. Let's get a real argument out there in front of yes. America. Yes, I mean, yeah, so because because honestly, I think I think it'll be a real enlightenment to a lot of people to understand that we already mostly live in a social democracy. Although our representation is kind of contrary to that because they're bought and paid for by a lot of big money donors and corporations and things. So you know, Joe, listen, thanks thanks very much for your call. Let's go to Hi, Sam Joe. in Austin, Texas. Hi, go ahead, Sam, are you there? Yes, I am. Line three and LBJ, KLBJ, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to uh, uh, take issue with the concept of popularity. It's it's um it seems to have grown when the when when MTV came around and image became associated with everything, and then of course mass media nowadays. It's a great mistake to think that that popularity is is going to lead to success. Uh, we're, we're so consumed with image more than ever. And I, I believe that Trump is in office because he's willing to be unpopular, because a lot of the things, the hard realities of life and the things that need to be put down on paper as the rules of the way we live, they're not quite that pleasant. And, then, and they're not as, as giving and loving as the Democrats want to think that the world should be. So the Democrats, are, are whenever they had to stoop so low to defend Bill Clinton, uh, they really, really would do anything and and lie about anything and play any sort of image game that they could play to gain popularity. And that's the circumstance we have in modern day politics. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's a good point. I I agree with you, but I don't think he, I I don't think he cares. You know, when he says things, I don't, he doesn't, he doesn't market. This is why we need to repeal the 17th amendment. A a certain irony though, to that, that this is a, a guy who, who became famous in some measure because of reality TV, yeah. which is based on ratings and popularity. I mean, uh, I, Trump didn't get elected because he was famous. He got elected because he called the media out. The first time yeah. I, I, I started to like Trump was when he told the cameras to turn around to show the, si- the size of the crowd. And he said, they're not turning around all the way. They're not turning around, are they? He was right. They weren't. And when Sam, I him, Sam, they, 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 they weren't, and I agree with you. He's focused uh, the, uh, on the media, and he, he understands that the media is probably the least popular institution in the country. He discovered that long ago. But I disagree with you that he didn't get elected because he was famous. He was famous, which gave him access to media. And the other thing that people saw for, for about 18 years on television, they would tune in every week. They would, they would watch a series of people try to get a, a job accomplished, and Donald Trump at the end of each show would go through, assess 
the success or failures of these people, and to most of them he would say, you're fired. He held everybody, he was accountable, he held everyone accountable, and I think after 17, 18 years of having a persona like that, that's exactly how he's been as president. Look what he does with his staff. He hires them, he fires them. I mean, they're in, they're out. I mean, it's 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 like a continuation of The Apprentice. I think that... He, he, is, a, he is a demanding guy... He's, a, he's an egomaniac, mm-hmm. and I say that in a kind way. He's an egomaniac who has great confidence in himself. And, you know, it turns a lot of people off. As Some people, you know, they detest him. But, you know, as, as long as he's doing what he says he's going to do, which he's done, uh, he's, I, think he's, I think he's on the road to reelection. But I don't think it's a foregone conclusion at the moment. Yeah, still, but, there's still a lot of Bruce, people out there. Years- 18 years of popularity on 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 a on a stupid a TV show which I never watched. Yeah. It has nothing to do with what he said for one year and what he called out. And look, we finally had there's not one Republican or Democrat out there that would get elected to the office of the president of the United States and call and call out all the raw deals America's getting on our trade policy. You're right. It goes all the way back to the Civil War. Well, you're I mean, right. You're, you're right about that. Well, no, said Bernie, it was, Bernie Sanders through. called out bad trade deals. He's always yeah. done that. Yeah. So there, there are people. Yeah, there were two people. Yeah, and Bernie doing Sanders wants to give everybody everything. He's a, that's a stupid idea. Yeah. And it, it's as plain and simple as Democrats are being stupid. You know, the, the Republicans the, the are being disingenuous, and where do we stop having these being, conversations this way? Come on, Sam, help me out here. Where do we years. stop with the name-calling and have a legitimate conversation? Oh, Democrats are stupid. Oh, Republicans look, are stupid. Let's knock that off, man. No, Let's knock that off. No, look. Look, I'm talking about politicians being stupid. Look at our debt. If yeah, you don't think exactly. Been doing and what do we do? We right. cut taxes for the largest earners, for the largest corporations. And, and when did that happen? When so did we, we go give, from five yeah. trillion dollars national debt yeah. to seventeen trillion dollars? We, we just under Republicans. The budget. Come on, we're giving we give we give stuff away all the time. It's just never to ourselves. You and I are the ones paying taxes, are we not? Yet we don't. We're not allowed to expect things in return. We but we know what happens is these these bailouts go to banks. Corporations get tax breaks. The largest earners in our in our country are allowed to have tax havens overseas. Like I don't understand how that is normal. But when we're like, "Yo, can we have healthcare? Can we have education that's not overly priced?" Like these things are just so far off in the left, as Thank people you. would say. Right. Sam, that they're just last word to you, Sam. Last word to you. Go ahead. I want to say, look, in terms of in terms of rights and healthcare and what we Americans should have. I contend that health care is a right, but health care is your choices you make daily. Medical care is what you do when you go to the doctor, you go to the hospital, and you need to get aid or you need to get medicine. And we're confusing the two things. Americans are overweight. There's tons of Twinkies and Oreo cookies in every <laughs> store, and everybody's buying it up. And we want to think, we want to build a grand system. Marianne Williams had it right. We have a we have a sickness problem, not a health care yeah, problem. I agree with that. I agree she with was that. Right. Well, I agree with that. I would like to, to hit <clears> on what you said about care. about yeah. health care. Why can't we have health care? Why can't we have this? Why can't we have that? <clears throat> Along with that comes government control. And yeah. that is something a lot of us are 
don't want anything to do with. We're going to dictate your choices for you. We're going to tell you who you, what doctor you can go to and but what providers you, you can have. They do. Just never government, but they're, they're government, sort of doing that to me now. A government <laughs> but some program. Of the... You guys want government yeah, programs. Yeah, actually. And I absolutely the government do program not saved my want... life. That's okay. why. I'm, I'm familiar with that program. I'm and not it works. talking about the VA. I'm not talking any right, of that. I'm okay, talking about... Medicare has already saved thousands of lives as well. socialized medicine. And most Americans, including a lot of union members, do not want their health care choices restricted in that way. Well, a lot of unions are, bur- are backing Bernie Sanders right now because he's standing with workers who these people have Not the nothing trades. that they Not the have trades. been told that they were going to be getting. Okay. I'm, to not, talking the I'm not talking about the SEIU. I'm not talking about those meth- unions. Uh, I'm, talking. I'm talking about tradesmen, trades unions. I come from a family of trade unionists. They are not wanting their health care contracts that they worked very hard to get decimated. They want those plans that they fought Sam. for. Sam, thanks very much for your call from Austin, Texas. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e-verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require e-verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA, because numbers Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives like physical therapy to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. I want to go back for just a moment to uh, uh, the beginning of the broadcast and our discussion of the impeachment and the trial of the president, which starts on Tuesday. It'll be on all the networks. And uh, uh, there's the, one of the stories that's coming out today, uh, this uh, uh, allegedly uh, something that uh, Senator uh, uh, McConnell wants to do, and that is to give each side 12 hours to make their case, two days of 12 hours each. And then the Republicans would have an opportunity for 12 hours. Do you like the idea of a 12-hour session of Congress, of the Senate? Is that a good idea to have, get it over with, 12 hours back-to-back, Phil Beverly? I think 12 hours is actually pretty long, um, considering it's a foregone conclusion what the outcome is. Let's, let's wrap this thing up. This is sort of a waste of time. 12 hours. Is that, uh, does that give uh, the Democrats enough time to... Uh, Make their case. Two, two, two day, back-to-back days of 12 hours each. Yeah, they're not going... We're talking 24 <clears throat> hours here, right? Huh? We're talking each side... Or 24 just, hours. Yeah. Each side gives 24 hours, okay. right? Okay, And that's it, just 24 hours. Yeah. I don't know. What does precedent say? What was it What was it during Clinton? What, did it was, they have 12 it was, hours? Or no, was it no, eight-hour normal days? Uh, uh, there were normal days at that point. 
I don't know. I mean, again, they're the ones going through this proceeding. So if it's something that they all can come to a consensus on and they want to do 12 hours, then yes. Well, supposedly that's what Mitch McConnell wants. What, what, do, you, what do you think? I mean, Jennifer? I think it's a little weird. I mean, if you want a bunch of eyeballs um, watching you on television, they're not going to sit there for 12 hours. People yeah. are going to tune out. Maybe so maybe that's the idea. Maybe the idea is just to go. That could be be part of his plan. People just get bored out of their minds and they turn it off. Well, the media cycle. What do you think? I I mean, I'd be interested because the the Senate is supposedly adopting the same rules that was uh, under which the no. There's there's going to be some exceptions, and this this might be one. one, This is a potential exception. This this has been rumored throughout the day, reported throughout the day. It is not fact. It it allegedly is one of the things uh, in the rules of the Senate that Mitch McConnell wants to put forward. But when I when I first heard this, the first thing I thought about is again eyeballs. Tuning out twelve yeah. hours. I, Who's going to sit through nobody. twelve hours? And the other point is, well, when you look at how the news media will cover each story, mm-hmm. if it was four days of four, uh, or let's say three or four days of three or four hours each, there would be four nights where you'd be focusing right. on what wow. took place yeah. in and those four hours. When you're trying to put a newscast summarizing what happened in twelve hours, yeah. it's going to be pretty tough to right. <laughs> really make your case whatever you think the case should be i'd be interested to know if it's actually like 12 hours like uninterrupted sessions because i would think it would be more likely to be what you described bruce where it's okay it's 12 hours total split across you know a week or or two Uh, weeks right Mm -hmm. i think it was uh because even ted cruz was talking about it earlier today he was saying like on in one day like a day no. of 12 hours worth of I mean, of, it's 12 uh, hours, but but then also Ted Cruz has been saying if the Democrats are going to get their, their witnesses, the Republicans, the Republicans are going to get their witnesses. And of course, and, that's where, yeah. and, and that, I would that's... think that if, if the goal is to get to the bottom of this and not have it be a media circus, that would make a ton of sense. How about to get it over quickly? Like two weeks I mean, is what I've heard. I think I, you know, again, I think I think Warren and Sanders want it over quickly because yeah, they have to be in attendance, and and this is like critical time. Yeah, but they're not. But they're not the key. They're not the key deciders here. The key well, decider is going to be uh, yeah. Mitch McConnell. Does he want it over quickly or not? Right, but they don't want to be tied up in a trial. <clears throat> Sanders and, and Warren attendance keeps is them compulsory. off the campaign. Trial. But again, yeah. they have no they have no input on this. I know they don't, but they, they have, have to no sit input. in on the trial though. Well, it, I, well it, I know, but that's something well, they as don't you suggested to, earlier. That's Maybe one of the reasons why uh, Nancy Pelosi wanted them uh, along with Amy Klobuchar and Michael Bennett way down in Washington. Cory Booker at the time, and and even Kamala Harris. When yeah, but they're 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 yesterday's news, so they're not they're not relevant. But the point is. you know, you want to keep them. That, I mean, I, th- I think there's been too much discussion about who is off the trail and has to sit there uh, and 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 with no phones and, the and, and all this stuff. Job. There's no precedent here, right? That's that's the job. challenge, right? Is that yeah. is that before Clinton was impeached, you have to go back to to the Reconstruction era when Andrew Johnson was impeached to to yeah. find any other instances. There were no so, calls there. So we're <laughs> we're in completely uncharted territory here with regards mm. to what's proper and what's not yeah. outside what Mitch McConnell can convince 51 senators to do. That's right. And the question is, is he going to convince all of his Republicans? And the question is, there's those five Republicans who are probably going to stand up because what's historically Republic, Republicans are more likely to, 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 uh, to, to you go know, against their party than so, Democrats. So here's are. the thing, right? Yes. And it, it's it's always the Republicans need to vote with the Democrats for the good of the country or <clears throat> whatever always. argument, right? It's never the Democrats have right. to vote with the Republicans no, for the good of the country. Never. So what is the upside for Susan Collins, who's running for re-election in Maine, to, to, aban- to abandon her, her She's party? She's going to lose. 
Um, you're, you're putting a marker down that Susan Collins. She's going to lose okay. regardless of what she does. She's she going to lose. She loses. Okay, she so loses. she's going to lose anyway. The, she the, lost on the Kavanaugh vote. She's she's a goner. Right. She's I, already I gone. Actually, you're right. I don't. I don't know. No, yeah. I don't think people she's even done. remember that now. I don't know. Oh, I think. I think up then, right? During the campaign. That's in Maine. Remember there. But again, Bruce, what is the upside? What is the upside for any Republican senator to be a useful idiot to the Democrats? What is the upside? Cory Gardner could get maybe could get reelected, but they're doing it for By, their own. They're, they're doing it. They're this, doing this it because like the they Bruce think Rauner it's going argument. to help them. This, this is like the Bruce Rauner argument, where they're you know he can abandon his base right. and somehow eke That's out how something do you in win? the middle. You don't win when the Democrats are going to are, are going to vote against. Right. Them Politicians anyway. always do stupid right. things. Let's go to Andy. Do you in agree Chicago. it's stupid? Quote of the Listening. night. No, I, I, yeah, I, I do think it's stupid. Okay. I do think it's stupid. Right. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's not going to get done. Andy in Chicago, Enough. go ahead. One for zero. Hi, Bruce. Thanks for taking my call. I, I wanted to bring up a couple of points that yeah. keep getting repeated, and I never hear people refute them. This, this, uh, this thought that Donald Trump is the one that's lowered the dignity of the office, that started way a long time ago. How well when Bill Clinton was getting a blowjob in the White House? Can you get much lower than that? Right. Pardon my... Woodrow Wilson resegregating the federal service is worse than any of that. Woodrow Wilson was the worst president But that's not a commonly... Okay, go ahead, Andy. Okay, but I was going to bring up the Bill Clinton, but Bill Clinton was an effective policymaker who paid attention to what the country wanted. He got decimated in the midterms. And he went hard center and then had a successful second term. Right. Yeah. And then we go along and we elect Barack Obama, who may be a wonderful guy, a great husband and father, but was wholly unprepared to be the chief executive of the United States. Okay. I mean, this guy came in with no qualifications to do that job. But right? the American people so then, gave him the qualifications mm-hmm. and they voted sure for him. They did. Twice. Right, right. It was Twice. a popularity right. contest. Right. And then and then we reelect him over a guy with an impeccable executive resume. Yeah. Right? Who may be a weaker candidate. Okay. So now we now we've gone on that bargain of Bill Clinton, character doesn't matter, Barack Obama, executive experience doesn't matter. So now we now we elect Donald Trump. He this guy has managed to be strong internationally while being one of the most anti-war presidents I've seen in my lifetime. This guy clearly does not want war. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a commercial real estate guy. The worst thing for commercial real estate is war. I mean, this, this guy has really pulled off quite you know, a trick in, in being able to do that. Right. So he's been less hawkish than the previous Republican administrations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and um, the and, and also we should mention Republican primary voters wanted that type of person. Mm-hmm. They did not want a continuation of muscular Republican uh, and bipartisan a foreign policy. American people didn't want that. They didn't think John McCain was a hero. They they didn't like. It. Think of all the things that Donald Trump said, and the and the the primary voters still voted for him, mm-hmm. and he won. Right. And and so then now what's there's been a the second unrelated there's a second unrelated point that I want to bring up. This, okay. this talk about how the stock market only benefits the rich who have money in the stock market is completely false. Right. Yes. That's not People true. People work that's, for companies. That's not true, man. I don't work for a company and so the stock market doesn't let doesn't the man make his point. Go ahead, Andy. Sorry, companies create jobs. The government does not create great jobs. 
the government, the biggest oh. hire, they're, they're, they hire military guys, right? That's not great pay. It's a great I'm job. Aware. I'm definitely aware of that. Pay. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. Been there. Compa- yeah. Companies create jobs. A healthy stock market contributes to capital formation where companies can, can get capital and grow. That grows the economy. That keeps the economy healthy. Yeah, but what happens as soon as— I don't care. I don't have a dime in the stock market. I don't care if it goes to—I'd rather it go most to 50000 because someone else—I don't need someone else to do poorly for me to do well. Thank you. Right. Yes. No, and that's Absolutely. fine. No, and that's fine, which is always ironic when people who have the most resources are always, like— against uh, sharing them in some fashion that they're just not accustomed to and the assertion that the assertion that companies create jobs yeah like literally as companies grow they create jobs but again we're talking about the quality of jobs when the average income in the united states is roughly forty three thousand dollars are you telling me that that is a good job like that is enough for people to live on what creates a robust i'd like to ask you i'd like to ask you who what what kind of companies create the most jobs what do you think well, all kinds of companies create jobs. It's not what companies create the, create the most jobs. And what happens small when the businesses create the and when, bulk and when, of jobs in and this w- country? And when you want to talk about large companies, my small business, let them go. Have been getting raises for, for the past five years. Okay, the economy is so strong. Okay, now Derek, like, yeah, Derek, but those sure. raises were forced by certain things like minimum wage uh, law in action, like that. That like you're talking about uh, earning more income. Like we, the we have to raise the minimum wage because. The best labor, I, I, when business people, to business people, the best labor costs zero dollars because their bottom line is the only thing that matters. That's right. There's a, it's stakeholder versus shareholder theory. And when you look at shareholder theory, the only thing that corporations are indebted to are to make more money to the shareholders. And what happens as soon as those share prices start dropping and the company, because of the decisions made by people that earn $33 million a year, when that company starts going under, people lose jobs. So corporations, as, good, as much as they create them, they're really quick to just tell you to go away when they can't afford to pay you anymore. But We've anyway. got to pause. Thanks for your call. 1-800-723-8289. When we come back, one more segment. Don't go away. From the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, stay tuned. Rock on TV. Artifacts from the Jackson 5, Sonny and Cher, Elvis, Cindy Lauper, ZZ Top, Eric Clapton, and more. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, 360 North State Street, Chicago. From Bandstand to Gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack. And we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. I have not introduced our guests. I'll let them introduce themselves. First, the Republicans, starting with Jennifer Nevins. Hi, I'm Jennifer Nevins. Uh, Bruce has me on as the original Trumper because when there were 17 people on that debate stage, I was for Donald Trump. And I wanted to give a special shout-out to three special uh, gentlemen. Dennis, Joe, and Tim, you have helped me enormously. I have learned a lot, and I'm looking forward to having more fun in the future. 
Okay. Uh, my name is my name is Jeff Holm. I'm the political director for the Young Republican National Federation, uh, or the Young Republicans. I'm a native son of Chicago. I'm a graduate of DePaul, and as a native son of Chicago, I'm super happy that the Packers are losing right now. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> and let's meet our Democrats, Derek Addis. Uh, independent over here. Um, you're a Democrat. I am an independent. You are a Bernie. Sa- if you're for Bernie Sanders, yeah. you're a, unless you're a socialist. Are I'm you a democratic socialist. I would socialist? consider myself a, a democratic Bruce. socialist. Yeah, I, okay, I align I, with those. Uh, that's yeah. okay. Um, my name is Derek. Uh, I'm also a graduate of DePaul. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm a veteran, uh, Iraq, uh, and um, I uh, small business owner, PhilomathyMarketing.com. I'll help you grow your business. Hit me up. Uh, that's it. Phil Beverly. I'm a university administrator, former poli- well, former slash current political science professor. Um, longtime guest of the show. Thanks, Bruce. Very good. Thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, one of the big uh, political moments last week was the Democratic debate, which uh, CNN carried. And uh, the debate was kind of a yawn, uh, maybe a, a good night for Amy Klobuchar. But the big news came after the event when Elizabeth Warren went over to shake hands with Bernie Sanders after they had had a little kerfuffle during the debate. And the story uh, basically dominated the rest of the week's news, and it started like this. I think you called me a liar on national TV. What? I think you called me a liar on national TV. Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion, we'll have that discussion. All right. <laughs> who won that battle? Let me ask you. I know you're going to say Bernie. Who, who won that, uh, that little kerfuffle? Oh, Elizabeth Warren definitely won that because she forced him into having that discussion and making it look like it's going to be off camera. We're not going to say right. anything right here. Mm-hmm. Let's hide this and do what politicians are really good at, yeah. not meeting stuff head on in front of people. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, th- there's no way she didn't know that mics were still high. Right. Oh, yeah. And right. the optics, even as I was watching it, the optics of it, because, you know, like the way he was, you know, the way he was using his hands i mean again he wasn't like he's not trying to harm her or anything he was that's just how he was communicating he was like wait what but like the optics of it like oh he's pointing at a woman and she's like oh you know like this and it just it was it was she shouldn't have done it you I know mean, this is about the doing. only time i will say that i have a lot of sympathy for for sanders in that case i mean that was such a i, I was going to use a crude term but up. that was such a move. It was just really wrong. It was wrong of CNN, but their thumb on the scale like they did. I have known for a long time, and most of us have, that the media loves Warren, and they'd like to see her be the candidate. They don't want Bernie. And the idea that they would pull what they pulled, we have always been upset that they do this stuff to Trump. And now you're seeing it happen with Bernie and all the outrage on Twitter, how dare you do this? We felt like that before when the media has put their thumb on the the scale against Trump. But I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. And I know that Bernie's not against women. And I know that Bernie is yeah. would not have any problem um, having a female well, president. That, so yeah. the whole thing is ridiculous, and I think that Elizabeth Warren once again is a liar. And also, it's, I think uh, the other thing I think it really proved is is how in the tank yes CNN, CNN was. I yes, mean, they're I mean, totally to in the tank. To have the CNN uh, reporter ask ask yeah. a question, yeah. completely ignore what he, what, what he said that he denied it, and then she repeated. Yeah. Basically, what was an uncooperated, uh, you know, charge yeah. against uh, yeah. uh, Bernie Sanders? It was it was low rent journalism. Oh, and again, if you've not, I, I know that uh, you know. Obviously, conservatives have been criticizing CNN for a long time, 
but one of the most devastating reviews of CNN and their lack of professionalism in this case came from Rolling Stones. They ripped <laughs> CNN apart for what they thought was one of the worst examples of political journalism in a long, long time. So it was so a disgraceful. I think I think it's probably the worst uh, debate performance by a moderating team since Candy Crowley stepped in yep. in the 2012 election to put the, her thumb on the scale for President Obama. And, and it's one thing where I'm like, yeah, this is completely manufactured by CNN and yep. Warren's media sur surrogates. And on the other hand, I'm like, guys, do you finally get the whole like <clears throat> media bias thing and how much it yeah. how much it uh, is annoying to be on the other side? Before we go off the air, one of the things I want to say is, and I've said this uh, for the last several months on this program, this race is going to be very tight. So when some su someone suggests there's going to be a landslide, I just don't see it. No. And I go I go back to basically three states uh, that Donald Trump won. Uh, to win the presidency in 2016. There is the state of Wisconsin, and in the state of Wisconsin, Donald Trump won the state by 22,743 votes. And again, in the difference between that, Jill Stein had more votes to make up that margin. Obviously, so did Gary Johnson. In, this, in the state of Michigan, uh, the state of Michigan has 16 electoral votes. Donald Trump won Michigan by 16,704 votes. And the difference there, Jill Stein was the difference in that state, as was Johnson. And then the third state is Pennsylvania, and within the margin of error, Donald Trump won Pennsylvania by 44,792 votes. So in three states, if you look at the margin of victory in all three states, you come up with 77,744 votes. That's how Donald Trump became president. So when you look at 77,700 votes, there's very few votes that have to change hands next November. Very few. And again, if you look at those 77,000, that's the difference between victory, another victory for Donald Trump, or an upset by a Democrat. And so those three states, we keep talking about Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, we'll continue to talk about them because of the, because of the arithmetic involved. 77,744. That's not, that's not many votes to change between now and November. Our thanks to our guests for joining us this evening. Our thanks to Hector Pacheco, and thanks to Andrew Marshall, and thanks to Fritz Goldman for their assistance in the production of this program. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. 
Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. The economy is not working for everybody, especially those in jobs where unscrupulous businesses keep wages lower by hiring millions of illegal workers. Those businesses could use the government's e-verify system to prevent illegal hiring, but they refuse. What's best for the country? Let businesses continue to hire illegal workers or require e-verify, raise wages, and recruit left-behind Americans? See what voters want at eVerifyWorks.com. Paid for by Numbers USA because numbers... GTG, BRB, OMW, be there in a few. You may think that these kinds of texts are fine because of their length, and you can easily send them at a stoplight. But no, answering one text can take your attention away from the road for five seconds. And traveling at 55 miles an hour, that's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Make good decisions. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Project Yellow Light. Noise and the Ad Council. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing. Basically, the doctor said if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die. Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. 